everyone, and thank you for joining me on today's episode of Everything Star Wars. Today, I will be sitting down with my friend Matt Coleman, and he is a big Star Wars fan like me, and he is a big fan of The Mandalorian, The Bad Batch, and particularly the Republic Commando series, which we will be heavily focusing on in today's episode, in which we will be going over some history on Cal Scarada, a Mandalorian mercenary who was also a drill sergeant in the Grand Army of the Republic. He was personally chosen by Jango Fett, but before I say any more, we're going to get into that later. But first, a word from our sponsor. Hey, Mr. Coleman. Hey, how's it going, Josh? Not bad, not bad. How are you? Doing great, doing great. Good. All right, so I just introduced you um, in my previous segment, so we're going to jump right in. So everyone, today we're going to be talking about some very cool theories and facts about a Mandalorian and Mandalorian culture in general. Um, Specifically, we're going to be focusing on the Mandalorian mercenary, Cal Scarada and his influence and impact on specific clone soldiers. Uh, so he was a training sergeant, and uh, what can you tell us about Cal Scarada? Well, uh, like you said, he was, a, um, he was an orphan. His parents, I believe, uh, very similar to Mando in uh, Din Djarin in The Mandalorian. I think his parents uh, died, uh, were killed, and he was adopted. He was kind of on the streets on his own for a while. And he was adopted by uh, by a, a Mandalorian um, and was adopted. Is that is that normal for Mandalorians? Um, yes and no. I mean, we've seen it happen, and you you, you see um, kind of like well, at least within the uh, the framework of the Mandalorian and how that show is going, um, we, we see that there was one sect that did that. Um, right. Yeah. yeah the, the... Yeah, the Children of the Watch or whatever. Children of the Watch, right. So not the mainline stream, but they were kind of the splinter of, I guess, the children of Death Watch originally, and they're they're more tribal in their nature, uh, right. as the show has shown. And so Cal, I don't know if his his adoptive father was like that last name Scarada though. I just love the name Cal Scarada. It's just got oh, such yeah. a feel to it. Um, but he was um, he was adopted. He was trained, fully trained as a Mandalorian warrior, and not. And interestingly enough, and this is what I found, um, this is what I found uh, that I really liked about the Republic Commando novels, was he was trained not only in their warfare but in their traditions, um, in their war chants, in their uh, in their history, in the, in the military history, and it just pervades these novels. Military, military yeah, does, and I love that. And he was trained by his adoptive father in all of that. So later on, um, when he he gets a call uh, from Jango Fett uh, sometime before, you know, the the, uh, the 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 prequel series. Sometimes, you know, after when when um, Palpatine is already starting to get the secret uh, clone army going, and he needs somebody to train him. Right? And he lets him right. miss the whole thing. And I think I think it was called. Uh, he, he asked him to be a the the was it the um, Kai Duval? Was that the name? Uh, yeah. Something like that. The ones, the Kyra, Kyra Duvall, the ones that are hidden, or the or the ones. It's that, the uh, it's the Kuivaldar. Kuivaldar. That's those it. Those who no longer exist. Those who no longer exist. I, I love that. And and these again, these books are just pervasive with that kind of like, you know, there's, there's little things that kind of bring the story to life. The 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 authenticity of. I mean, it's almost like a, a fake history. It's almost like when you're reading Tolkien and he's talking about all these histories. You get that in these books, but it's like a military history of the Mandalorians. 
Yeah, yeah, it's really cool because it's it's and yeah, yeah, it is really cool because we got all these Mandalorians that he picks, hand picks to be training sergeants for like the elite clone troopers in the Gar. The Green right. Army. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so, like once they start that, he gets called in and he does that, and that's basically what he's what he is. Like he said, he's like a drill sergeant or a training sergeant. Um, and so he gets involved with this group, the Nulls, and the Nulls were the Nulls. I think they're originally twelve of them. Yeah. And they, they were the original 12 clones, the original 12, the first 12 prototypes of the communions made. And so six of them didn't, I think six of them washed out or died or just didn't, didn't work out. And they were going to terminate the rest because they figured they were rejects. And see, this is already sounding familiar, right? With bad. Um, but they were rejects and Cal Scarada himself being adopted and not wanting to see, you know, these kids go down that road. He adopts them. He literally takes them under his wing and trains them. Yeah. Uh, they kind of allow him to do it. I think Django had a little something to do with that. He kind of talked him into it. And um, so he becomes not only their trainer, but also their adoptive father eventually, like he had an adoptive father. And he trains yeah. them the same way, you know, all the all the Mandalorian techniques, but all the, also all the history and the culture and everything. And so they learn where they came from, uh, which, I, which, which was really cool. And again, that just, that's what was so good about these novels. It just kind of came alive, uh, that history. Yeah, and it turns out like it's very helpful to these clones, like in combat situations. I remember there's one part, one little intro in the series where there's someone, I think one of the Jedi, talking about how the clone commandos who were trained by Mandalorians actually had a higher uh, chance of survival and a higher uh, success rate than other Mandalorians. Right. So clearly, or than other, sorry, than other um, commandos that weren't trained by Mandalorians. Right. Right. So having this. Having this like cultural mindset of like I am part of something bigger than myself, even bigger than the Grand Army of the Republic, clearly right. did something for them. Well, and it's also I think too it played into why the Mandalorians didn't fear the Jedi. They were like whatever, you know. They were right. Of, they were I, the Mandalorians kind of seem like to me it's it's like a mix, especially after seeing um, the Mandalorian TV series, the new one. It, they almost have this culture of like it's like a mix of like the Spartans and the Vikings. Yeah. Right? It's very tribal, like the Vikings, but it's also like these codes they live by. And not quite like a Bushido code, but if you ever read any, and I'm a big military history fan. I read a lot of military history. And um, really, any books on the Spartans, I mean, you know, to see how they're regimented. It, it, it sound, they sound a lot like the Spartans, and they fight a lot like the Spartans. But then they have this sort of tribal nature, and, and kind of their own mythology and their own history, like the Vikings do. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, that, that was what kind of attracted me to it. And this lady that writes the novels, Karen Travis, is fantastic. I don't know if you've ever read anything else by her, but she's I, she's never been in the military. You would think she has the way she wrote these books. I mean, she sounds like she's been on a squad somewhere. Oh, yeah. But, but she hasn't. She's just like this. And she's not. She's British. She's just like this. Yeah. British that, you know, wrote these really awesome books. And she's, yeah. I think she's just a really good student of military history. And it shows. I mean, it comes out. But um, but yeah, so Cal Scarada and the Nulls, um, and, and and I like the I think he had six that he was raising and training, and then you know throughout the story, of course, some of them rise and fall, um, and then I think eventually he ends up adopting other clones. Um, there were some other I think arcs that he adopted later on, um, and it, what the whole idea was, what, what it was building to, and you could see because they weren't. It, it well first before I say that. 
there was a big difference. I noticed one discrepancy between the, these novels and, and the Clone Wars um, uh, TV series, the cartoon. They haven't really, um, they haven't really, and, and, and between the movies, the prequel trilogy, they haven't really addressed it. But in the series, they kind of said there were the, all the clones were in the movie series. They kind of said all the clones were um, sort of engineered to be more pliable, to obey orders, you know, better. Right. Um, and the arcs, as they went up, the arcs had a little more freedom of the will where they could just mm-hmm. act and make, you know, because they were special forces, basically. Yep. And then a step above them were the Nulls. And they didn't, yeah. have, they didn't have any training. They were basically like an un... Like, they were like Boba Fett, right? They were like... Yeah, that was just un, completely untouched, right? Yeah, so I, I think... I think yeah. how it officially went is it went... So, you know, the clones, they were made on a spectrum of like controllable to uncontrollable yeah clones would be completely controllable so <laughs> far far side controllable um arcs just normal art middle they weren't actually made to be controllable or, or uncontrollable they were basically i just did an episode about the arcs um yeah. and so basically they were just made to be exact copies of django like nothing was changed so right. they were basically just pure django Mm-hmm. And then the Knolls, on the other hand, had specific tamperings that made them less controllable, so right. more well, uncontrollable. They were, they were the test run. Yeah. They yeah. were the original 12, and then some of them didn't make it, and some, and some of them did. But the difference there, too, though, is, okay, so in the movies they had, they were, they were, they were again, their, 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 I guess their will, their self-will, their free will was engineered. Yeah. Um, to be more obedient, and then of course, like you said, the arcs were different. But then the nulls were that way. But in the in the um, in the cartoon, they've all got a, that biochip, right? And it's kind of like even the arcs had it, you know. And, and of course, as we just seen, I don't think I'm spoiling it for anybody. The batch has it, right? They've right. got, it. yeah. So it, it just depends on if they're doing something completely new and just kind of taking things from the Republic commander novels and the Imperial commander novel to kind of, you know, just using some subject matter and kind of doing their own thing with it now, which is kind of what it seems like. Um, there, but there's a big discrepancy because these guys didn't have it. I mean, they were completely, the nulls didn't, did not have it. They just refused to obey the order. When yeah. Came, order 66, when it came down, they were just like, nah, we're not doing that. Right. Because, because Darman was married to a Jedi. Yep. They were, they were, he had, he had a child with her. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was kind of like, they just, they were, they were going to obey the orders. They knew were good orders. Right. And they weren't going to, they weren't going to turn around. So there again, she was kind of playing with uh, Travis was playing with some, some kind of, um, you know, psychological elements and, and philosophical elements about, you know, soldiers, what, what is a, a proper order to obey? And am I required to obey something that's, you know, and the, even the empire couldn't do it because they had to mind control them to be able to do it you know? yeah so I, I, that's why i liked them i kind of liked the novels better because it was just like they were they were just like made the decision around and like now nah, we're not doing that they didn't need a chip right but uh, i don't know if they did that to be kid friendly for the cartoon but um but i i gotta say man the the the, the cartoon is fantastic i, I didn't think it was going to be that great when i first started years ago but i mean it was they ended it so well and then rebels i think is one of the best things on tv that they ever did and now bad batch is like really really kicking it it's pretty oh yeah good. oh yeah definitely i agree i agree i've always loved clone wars and bad batch is just it really is like the perfect extension of it 
Um, yeah. Perfect transition show into the time of the empire. Well, um, yeah. And that's what I'm thinking too. I'm thinking like, okay, again, are they doing something new? And just, it seems like they're just pulling, picking it kind of cherry picking from the legend stuff, which is fine. Yeah. Um, I think that's great. I, I think it's love the legend stuff, man. I read air to the empire when that came out, that came out in like what, 1990, 1991. I, think, yeah. I, I just graduated high school. Right. And it was just like, that came out and I'm like, Whoa, five years after Jedi. And of course we snatched it all up and couldn't get enough. There was off to oh. the, um, and I was really hoping that the sequel trilogies were going to be that. And right. they, they, <laughs> they were kind of a dumpster fire. They were not great. And we, yeah. We kind of just don't mention them, kind of like we don't mention the fourth Indiana Jones movie in, the house, in our house there. But um, but but I like to see Filoni and Favreau really cherry picking stuff from Legends. And I think what they're doing is when you look at the Bad Batch and you look at it, the, each one of them had something different that they can do. Right. They, they each had like a, a mutation. Right. Yep. They made them something. Yeah. You know, the parts of a whole and then they, they were crazy obviously because you got you got wrecker you know and the first time you see him and they're crashing in a in a in a, a dropship and he's just laughing he's having a time of his life because they're crashing so they're a little off right they're all crazy yeah um, but i like i like i think what they've done is when we talk about Kalskarata and kind of being especially oh dude especially after the last episode we're seeing this before this the, the next to last episode but when um you know where they've got uh, where they've got the squad, and I, I think Cal Scarada probably in this is either represented by one or two people. But Hunter, he's either Hunter or in the Bad Batch, or he's he might. I kind of doubt it because he's in and out. But Rex, yeah. Um, but I think it's more. I think it's more Hunter because um, he 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 takes a fatherly. He looks at him as family. He looks at the rest of the batch as family. He, he yep. sees not as just his squad as soldiers, and that's why it was such a big deal when they lost Crosshair. Yep, because they were just dejected. And it's like, what do we do? And they're on the run. And they're wanted now. They're wanted by the Empire, and they're hiding out. And they're having to take mercenary jobs. Um, but I, I think so. I think if they're going to do Kalaskarada, they've probably already done them in Hunter. Um, because remember, if you remember the books, uh, Cal was a big uh, knife guy. Oh yeah. And he got he got his father's his his deceased father's actual father's blood father's knife. Remember, it was like a three sided knife, yeah. bladed knife. Yeah, that's what. And when he tried to attack uh, what Scarada, uh, I can't remember his, his adoptive father's first name, but when he tried to adopt him, he attacked him. Remember, yeah. it, was, it was almost kind of like Robin trying to steal the second Robin trying to steal the uh, the hubcaps off the Batmobile, right? And Batman kind of right. takes him in his wing and train. That's what this guy did. And so he teaches him to fight with a knife and he's really good with a knife. And as a matter of fact, I remember picking this up, uh, call K A L in Korean means blade or so. <laughs> yeah. So he was like known for, for that. Yeah. And, you know, so you've got him and you see Hunter in the bad batch and what is Hunter always whipping out? He's got that knife. Yep. So and it's on his like vibra knife or whatever he's got on his forearm. But then he's also got, um, yeah, they also. I love, I love, love, love that the artist on the show made him look like Rambo. Yeah, I think that's the best, man. Rambo, blood too. He's got the red headband and everything, and the big survival knife. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but but he in the mullet and everything. I mean, he's 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 their leader. But I mean, you can see in that last episode where they they went to the wall for Omega. I mean, they went after her. Um, yeah, I think it's interesting that they name her Omega too, right? Um, after Omega Squad, right from the. Yep. Republic. 
Hernandez. So, so again, I think they're, they're taking things and they're putting it in there. Um, but I, but I, I think he, Hunter is probably the Cal Scarado of the group because he's trying to keep them together as a family. I think adding in Cal Scarado at this point would just kind of be, you know, tacking on something or making it. You want, you want to, uh, the best stories move with a, with a tight cast, like a small cast like that. Yeah. Um, and they've already got plenty of like conflict. They don't need somebody else in there. But I love how Cal Scarado, and I think they may do something like this with them because they're not really fighting for the Empire or for the Rebels. Remember, Rex offered him the, the thing. Hey, come come fight with us. We could use you guys. And he said, yeah, no. they don't. They don't want to fight for anybody. No, he's like, I'm, he he just wants to take care of his family. That's yeah. what, that's what he's trying to do. And he's like, I got to get us someplace safe. And if you remember in the Republic Commando novels, and especially in Imperial Commando, where it switched over there at the end, that's what Cal did. He finally got him back to Mandalore. He got him. He had, he had a whole big compound set up, a secret compound in the by a lake in the mountains and everything in Mandalore. Um, and he, that's where he set him up and that's where he was bringing like all these clone refugees, these, these, you know, these, these, um, the clones that wanted to defect, that didn't want to be part of an empire that didn't, that were not going to fight, you know, for, for, you know, and follow bad orders. Um, and and so remember they all came there and even had a couple of Jedi, a couple of renegade Jedi, uh, that went there and he adopted them as well. So it was kind of like, I I think that's probably what we're going to see most likely, um, with with the bad batch, I think he's going to be the kind of the Calscarado of the group, and um, and, and and I'm interested to see where it's going to go, man. These, these guys, man, Baloney and Favreau just need full reign, and everybody else get out of the picture and let these two guys, who are literally ten year old kids in their minds, write everything because oh, yeah. everything they touch is gold. I mean, it's oh yeah. Fantastic. And uh, especially with this stuff, man, Bad Batch, like you said earlier, was such a natural outgrowth of, uh, of, the, of the Clone Wars. And as a matter of fact, it even started, you know, right at Order 66, which I love. We got a little shot of uh, Kanan Jarrus. Yeah. Is, gosh, man, that was so cool. Or, yeah. Of Dune. But, um, but yeah, so I think that's kind of where I see it going. That's kind of where I see Bad Batch going. And, and I hope it continues to go. I hope it's not just like a a one-off, like a mini series. I want to see it really go. Um, and uh, I, I really think they've got something good there with it. Um, but yeah, man, I'm excited. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So what, so what do you think that, so remember the scene in the Bad Batch where the Kaminoans were, were talking about how they needed to retrieve their assets or whatever. Django Fett's DNA was losing its um, potency. Yes. They needed to get like them back. Yeah. Who do you think they were talking about? They when they said like they are a property of the Kaminoans, they will have to come. I I think possibly that well, you got a couple of things. A couple of things I think on that. I think you've got I think they probably they could be talking about the bats themselves. Um, because they were, you know, they were they can't have renegade clones out there, right? They don't they don't want they but but like you said, Django Fett's DNA was deteriorating, but at the same time, you get Tarkin in there saying, well, we really don't want clones anymore. We're going to conscript people. We're just going to drag, you know, draft people into the Imperial Army. Right. So that's that's why they need Jango Fett's DNA. They need to make newer clones, newer, stronger clones to right, have, to have pre- a better argument against Tarkin's um, only wanting enlisted. Right. Right. So I think that's why they want them, because, I mean, you saw how great they were in the training in that first episode. You know, they just they, they, they thought outside of the box. And that's what Django did. That's why he was such a successful mercenary and bounty hunter. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think, again, going back to the novels, that's what Cal Scarato was when he taught them. You know, he, yep. 
And, and he, again, he trained them to think outside of the box and think for themselves as soldiers and as warriors. But not only that, he taught them their history. So they had something to anchor all that to. And they were following that code and they needed that because at the end, that's all they had was the code. They didn't have anything else. And with a bad batch, at the end of it, they don't really have a code. All they've got is each other, you know, and they, and they knew, they knew uh, they haven't even brought up any kind of Mandalorian history. Not that I know of in the bad batch. No, they're just kind of like soldiers that don't have an army right now, you know, and it's kind of like they're, they're, they don't have anything but each other. And I think that's, that's what Filoni's trying to do. He's trying to keep that central to the characters. So I I would, like I said, I think Hunter is probably Skirata. He's probably the, that character in the in the stories, but I, I think it will be interesting to see where they go. But I also think too that and so that I, I would think that they're talking about the batch. But I also think obviously Omega is something special. Yeah, they're definitely trying to get Omega. That's why they hired all those bounty hunters. Yes, I mean, um, why spend all that money and expend all that effort if she wasn't important? Of course. Uh, number one, she's the only female clone we've seen. I think, if I'm not mistaken, uh, in all of the stories. But she's also and dude, they named her Omega. Yeah, okay, it's a, it's a nod back to Omega Squad, but dude, Omega is what the last the Alpha and the Omega, right? The yep. last, she, so I think she's gonna be like this, like this super soldier. Did you see? Um, did you ever see like um Firefly? Have you watched Firefly? No. Uh, oh, dude, highly, highly recommend. Great show, really yeah. exciting. Oh man, fantastic. Yeah, I think it's like on Hulu now. Okay. Um, but anyway, fantastic show. They had a girl in that. And you come to find out she was like this super weapon and they thought she's just a kid's sister. And she kind of had like some mental problems and things. I think they got this, this cherubic looking little blonde haired girl with big blue eyes and she's going to be some kind of killer. And I think they're really hitting the head, the nail on the head with that kind of playing tongue in cheek when she's um like when she has that, that power bow. Right. And she's right. Oh, I'm not a very good shot. I'm this, I'm that. But I think we're going to find out that she's like, I mean, genetically engineered. That's why they were keeping her close. Yep. They did not want her out of their sight because she was like their, she's like their super soldier. So I think we're going to see that. Um, and she's like the, the, I don't know, maybe like the doomsday option for them. Right? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make, you know, so I think, I think she's talking about all of them, but I think they want their property back. Yeah, I think of course. They, um, because without you know the clone army, what do they have? I mean, they just live on a big on a big station on the ocean. They're cloners. They need their clones. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, they, they don't have anything. So, um, yeah. So yeah, definitely they want the bad batch. Probably. Um, yeah. Or at least they want them dead. One or the other. They definitely. Um, they definitely want Omega too. What do you think of the possibility of them needing? So we haven't seen this in canon yet. Mm-hmm. But what do you think about the possibility of them? needing like original arc troopers like exact copies of Django. do you think they might have actually created those in canon and they actually need them back now no i, I kind of think again what we're seeing with the with the omega squad i think we're gonna or not omega squad i'm sorry with the bad batch yeah. see how he uses with the bad batch i think what we're seeing with them is they are like those the original null arcs okay I think that's who they are. I think they're going to find out later that they were the first ones. Okay. And that they all had some genetic thing. You know, it's going to, fl- they're going to use that from, from, from the Republic Commander Owls. They're just going to. Um, right. And they're going to find out that they were like the, like the pure Django, right? That they are those. And that's probably why uh, 
the Kevin Owens want him back, and they want a mega. Yeah. They, they what they tried to do with them, they perfected in her, and, and yeah, special with her. I, that's that'd be really that's interesting. my favorite anyway. That'd be really interesting. So you got like the first, and you have the last all together. Right, exactly. And that would really like eliminating them or Correct. getting them back would really like symbolize or signify the end of really like the Republic and the grand army of the Republic and really, really um, mark the beginning of the empire. Like, okay, we got rid of the first clones and we got rid of the last clones. So, right. Right. It, it just nothing. And they got rid of the Jedi. So yep. and that harkens back to the legends novels, all of them, not just the Republic commandos. When you think about, and also the Mandalorian TV series, the purge. I mean, we hear yeah. about the purge. Okay. What did the, what, so the Empire went after the Jedi and killed them, hunted them all down, right? They thought, almost to extinction, because the Jedi were a threat. They were an immediate threat. Um, then they went after the Mandalorians and, went and tried to wipe them out. Remember, that's how they all got split up and everything. And yep. then Jaren came into it, and, you know, he was found, and he was adopted and trained or whatever. And then you have, you know, you have the children's wife, you have the the, the, the warrior Mandalorians, right? Um I don't like Satine and the Peaceful Ones. I think those guys, but they're not interesting at all. That was yeah. so boring. I was like, come on, Obi-Wan. Can't you pick a better girlfriend? Gee whiz. But I liked, um, but, I, but so there's that history there where the Empire is trying to wipe out the, 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 the top threat. And so if they've got the Mandalorians and they've got the Jedi, who's left? They could, they could be a thorn in their side. The original Null Arcs, the original batch, the six, the five or six or whatever that are there. Right. Who who would most likely have been very Mandalorian in their yes. thinking. Yes. The most Mandalorian of all of them. Yeah. Because exactly. they would have been exact copies of Django. And so that's okay. what I'm thinking now. Okay. So you had, how many did we have in the batch? We had five, right? Originally. Or like four. Okay. So there were four. But yeah. Because then they brought Echo in. Which yeah. you that's something they did. Remember the oh, what was the one guy in the in the core? Yes, core. That's who I was yeah. thinking of whenever I saw Echo when they brought him in. I'm like, oh man, I yeah. bet he's going to be core because core had prosthetic hands. Remember, yeah. and he was yeah. sharpening his knives on his fingers. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So awesome. <laughs> um, but he was like, so yeah, so he's like their core. So you had four, but then you've got you bring in Omega, right? Yeah. So it makes it five. And remember, they even they said something about that too. Like when um when Echo scanned, they were like, "Well, it wasn't me because we brought you know I was brought in later." They were right. talking. They were talking about Omega. Yep. So you count those, and that's six right there. Those are six nulls. Yep. So I I think they're they're all they all come you know minus Echo, but I think they all come from his uh his original DNA. I think you're gonna see that. I think you're gonna see that they were the first ones, the surviving ones. They're basically making them the nulls. And that's why they're so desired. That's why the empire is hunting them so bad. Um, but um, yeah, no, I, I, so I think that's probably where they're going to go with it. Um, but I, I did like, uh, I did like the way they do that. I did like the way they brought them in like that. And just kind of, again, the cherry pick, but I'm fine with that. I'm totally fine with that. Oh yeah. Good stories. No, yeah. I love how they're doing that. I, Cause legends really is the majority of star Wars. It just <laughs> is. There's so much. Yeah. And it's, and a lot of it is really qu- good quality stuff. Oh yeah, great. Yeah, I mean, great content. And it's so sad that George Lucas never really considered them to be part of the canon of Star Wars. You know, I've always said George Lucas was a good idea man, and he just let somebody else write the story. Notice, <laughs> no, dude, notice how Empire and Jedi were better movies than the first Star Wars movie. 
because he wrote the first Star Wars movie, he wrote the screenplay, and he had actual science fiction writers writing the other two. Um, I just think, and again, good idea, man, for Indiana Jones, but then he let Steven Spielberg get in there and get creative with that. So, yeah, I think, yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed that he didn't put any faith in him, and they just, and then they just kind of rejected him when Disney bought him. They just kind of rejected all that stuff out of hand and said, nope, it's not canon, it's not this. Yeah. And, I'm, and what, what would have been so? I mean, how much better would it have been to see Leia and Han with Jason and Jana? You know, and then later Anakin and just seeing, you know, Luke finally meeting Mara Jade, all this stuff, this family oriented thing. It would have been so great, man, because they still had good adventures. I mean, there were tons of good books. I didn't read. Uh, admittedly, I didn't read anything. I didn't read the Yuuzhan Vong. I think I read the first book and that whole thing where they first showed up. But yeah, I didn't it's like the 22 book series and no one reads it. Yeah. But plus that, it was just kind of like, OK, I think we've kind of taken it past where we. You know, where we could, where we could, I mean, you see, again, you see the old tropes like Jason falling to the dark side and yep. all that good stuff. And his sister yep. had to go after him. Um, yeah. So, I mean, but, but man, the best, the best history has been the Mandalorian stuff within the legends. I, I really do. Oh I mean, yeah. Or we got Beskar and all that. And, you know, just, I love that they brought it into the, uh, the they, that was something else in legends that they brought in uh, to the Mandalorian series anyway. Um, just their iron. It was like they were the only ones. Their their blacksmiths were the only ones that could work the metal and forge it and everything. And um, that they kept the secret close to the vest. They didn't tell anybody how they did it because they want to be defeated. Um, yeah. And I think I think Luke taught, if I'm not mistaken, he taught his niece. He taught Jaina how to use the force to look for minute like imperfections in in Beskar forging. Yeah. And- the force to like expand it and burst it. I was like, oh man. Okay, see, this is when that's when it perks my interest, is when it gets into that kind of stuff. I, I'm a big fan of military sci-fi. I mean, again, military history, but when they bring it in, like like Karen Travis did in this series, it's just incredible, man. There's some really good stuff out there. And I would I would rank these books like right up there with stuff like Starship Troopers, The Forever War by Joe Haldeman. Um anything. Any any Ender's game. I would rank them up there because they're all good military sci-fi. And this lady, God bless her. I mean, she knows exactly what she's talking about. She, if she's not in the military, she's done the research and talked to people that were because it was really, really cool. And um, yeah, I love Cal Scarada, man. He was such a good character. I was just hoping, I, I think I saw a picture of him online once and somebody, I think in one of the comics, they drew him in a like Ed Harris. And I'm like, ah, that's not how I pictured him. <laughs> it's just not i picture him a little older and grayer a little a little more like like a lance henriksen type um but anyway he was uh, he was a great character and i but i think again that's just my theory but i think he's we're gonna see him in bad batch but i think it's gonna be it's gonna be as hunter okay um, but anyway very cool well thanks for talking with me man it's been great i had a blast man i'd love to do it again Oh, yeah, we'll have to do that. Okay, bud. Definitely. Thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, make sure to make sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Make sure to subscribe or follow me on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And just thanks so much for listening. Please let me know what you thought of my email, which is in the podcast description and in the episode description. So until next time, may the force be with you.